Hey, what's going on everyone? This is Jeff from A Series of Horrors, and we are looking for sponsors. If you are interested in sponsoring A Series of Horrors podcast, all you need to do is reach out to us at seriesofhorrors at gmail.com, or you can always slide into our DMs at Series of Horrors podcast on Instagram. Thanks. Hello and welcome to a series of horrors podcast. I'm Jackie from Canada. And I am Jeff from America. And today we have continued our paranormal activity show podcast. Yes, we have. And finally, it was our first, both of our first time watching one of these films, Paranormal Activity 4, which I didn't think had to do with any of the first three films and was proven wrong. Were you though? Maybe? I don't know. Like, I thought that Katie wasn't in this one and she she was in that. Well, was she? Really? <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, Katie Featherson, the actress, showed up at least. <laughs> Got 50 bucks plus gas money. Probably, yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna start with a positive because I don't think I'll have many to say. Okay. This was my favorite house out of all the houses in all these movies. All right. And this has the best actor in the series so far. Yeah, I would say that she was a really great actress. I liked little Katie. I thought she was a great actress, too, because she pissed you off in all the right ways. And then when like she was supposed to be scared, she played scared really well. I was proud of little Katie. Well, I'm still a fan of little Christy because no one likes little Christy. <laughs> Poor little Christy. <laughs> Poor little Christy. She just needs a hug. Cool. She's somebody to hug her. Nobody will hug her. Not even Toby. Nobody. <laughs> So, yeah, Toby doesn't like to be touched. He doesn't. No, but he wants to marry her, which is creepy. But whatever. That's that's neither here nor there. Yeah, you know, demon weddings. They just, they're a thing. Ask Buffy. <laughs> There's so much Buffy. I don't know if I can ask her about that. And now, isn't Buffy canceled? We canceled Buffy, right? So we canceled the Buffy? What do you mean? Yeah, Joss is canceled, so I figured his stuff would be canceled too, or no? Ah, uh, got you, got you. I still love Buffy. I knew Joss Sweden was a dick long before the, like, latest allegations and whatever. Like, I just, I've always known he's an absolute dick. But that doesn't mean that the work on Buffy is any less legitimate, because it's, like, an entire writing team that came up with Buffy. And as James Marsters says in one of his interviews, the writing team would just bear their souls and they would just talk about the worst moments of their lives and then create it into this TV show. And that's not Joss Whedon. So I love Buffy. I'll always love Buffy. Fuck Joss Whedon. (laughs) I love the movie. How about that? That's what I've seen. And you've seen Once More with Feeling because I forced you to watch it with me. That's true. And I did like that episode. (laughs) I don't lie. I can't say I didn't like it. I did enjoy it. Speaking of demon weddings, that was one that almost happened. Almost. That's right. And um, I did see the movie a bunch. A whole bunch. So R.I.P. Luke Perry. Um, his kid's a professional wrestler and then then I'm done this week in celebrity kids Jeff also dropped a bomb on me yesterday and told me that the new Captain America on Falcon Winter Soldier is Kurt Russell's son yes it is I see the resemblance and I still hate him but anyway I don't see the resemblance like I'm seeing I'm like all right, I'm knowing this because it's true but I don't see it it's the eyes I think it looks more like Goldie with a fat face just not fat but like a frown face did they have kids together yeah that's that's him and Goldie oh okay because I know she had kids previously I just didn't put together that they had kids but anyways he has Kurt Russell's eyes okay I I, I see Goldie in him and just like big chipmunk cheeks like it just doesn't fit him he's weird (laughs) about to hibernate for the winter don't knock big cheeks my sister has like the roundest face but like it just makes her youthful <laughs> but it makes Wyatt look like a jerk I mean I think Wyatt being Wyatt in the show well actually no not Wyatt him being what's his name in the show John Walker oh yeah John Walker right him being that that that's what makes him annoying and punchable 
I think they're going to do the turn to make him who he is in the comics, but we'll see. I'm like tiptoeing around it because I don't know how much you know about it. So I'm just going to. I know what Raj tells me. They were first like going to introduce the new Captain America. He's like, oh, they're bringing in John Walker. <laughs> I'm like, what? John Walker? What? The bassist from Panic at the Disco. <laughs> you mean so the whiskey? Confused. Oh, wait, that's Johnny Walker. Hold on, close enough. But John Walker was the bassist of Panic at the Disco in the early 2000s. <laughs> and I was like, huh? What is he doing here? Hey, cool. Maybe he'll do a bass solo. We'll figure it out. Come on, we can just get there. We'll just play four in the afternoon. Anyways, exactly. Yeah. Um, but anyways, we should probably get to this movie that we watched for the podcast today and not every other movie under the sun. This is the Wounds of Soldier podcast. We're talking about We're going to talk about this today. It's our other spinoff podcast. You know, we have our Harry Potter cast now, oh, and then we'll have our Marvel cast. I'll be promising these Winter Soldier, this is Winter Soldier, these Harry Potter podcasts. I get that Patreon up. We have several fans who would like to make you watch Harry Potter, and I am here for it. So. If the number of people that request for me to watch Harry Potter is substantial, then I'll think about it. I like how non-committal I was about this, that whole sentence. Yeah, it was very non-committal. I, I'm proud of you. You were like a politician with that sentence. So I didn't give a number. I didn't even give an answer if I were to get a phantom number. It was great. Come on. It was it was wonderful. But yes, Paranormal Activity 4. Yes. Movie everybody wants to watch or talk, hear us talk about. Believe me, you would rather hear us talk about Winter Soldier, but I guarantee you. Probably. I, I did watch this movie today and I was very bored. Like I was so bored that my pauses to write notes became like longer because I would just keep it paused. Be like, you know what? I, I should do this chore and then I'll get up and do a chore. <laughs> maybe I want some coffee <laughs> instead. Uh, hmm. Yeah, like, oh, maybe coffee would make this more interesting. I'll go make a coffee. Okay, come back. Watch like two minutes. Pause again. You know what? I should really do some laundry. Goes and does laundry. Yeah, that, the laundry is not going to do itself. We need to figure this out. Right? I also had like an incident at the grocery store today where I picked up a roast for Easter dinner tomorrow and it was like a bloody roast. And for some reason it was leaking and I didn't realize it. So when I got in the car, I just noticed my whole leg had blood splattered down it. So I'm sitting there and I'm watching the movie. I'm like, you know, I should really stain treat this and, and do some laundry. <laughs> but anyways, after this very boring movie, I have decided to reward myself with a glass of wine as we record tonight. Ooh, fancy. That, that's how I'm doing. Yeah. <laughs> Me uh, having my usual bottle of water. <laughs> Your usual four bottles of water. Yes, exactly. Like, uh, <laughs> okay, let's get into this movie. <laughs> this movie opens yes. on Christy filming Katie and Hunter back in 2005, six. I think it's six, 2006. Katie is giving Hunter a gift. The Chiron says Carlsbad, California. Oh, it, I did write the date, September 2006. Good job, Jackie. Good job. It was like months before the deaths. <laughs> yes. And guess what kind of present Katie's giving Hunter? It was, it was a friendship bracelet, right? It was a beaded bracelet. It was a beaded bracelet? Oh, man. <laughs> That's all she knows how to do. <laughs> they had to bring her one character trait into this movie, and she's not in it much. So, you know what? Beads. What you didn't know is that that beaded curtain that Alex has in her room, Katie made that. <laughs> That's something you were to move there, too. It would have been great for one of the times they're, like, going through that weird house Katie, quote-unquote, rented or bought or is squatting mm -hmm. in or whatever. There's just her beating corner. She's like a beating corner, like something like a table set up. It looks very used. A teddy bear is sitting on one side of the table. Exactly. <laughs> she has the beads in the middle. Just beads everywhere and just beaded Harry Potter symbols everywhere, just like something. <laughs> 
Okay. Christy sees Katie off and it's that seeing her off that begins Paranormal Activity 1 where she drives off and drives over to Mika's house. Then get text on the screen and it reads, on October 9th, 2006, Hunter Ray was abducted. We cut to the scenes from Paranormal Activity 2 with Christy calming down Hunter in the middle of the night and Katie sneaking up behind Daniel and snapping his neck. She then comes upstairs and attacks Christy and takes Hunter and we see her leaving the house with Hunter in her arms. They are fans of the, of the neck snap in this movie, aren't they? In this movie series, I should say. It's Katie's go-to move. It's like, if I'm not going to throw you directly at the camera, then I'm going to snap your neck. Yeah. And One or the other. Twist, like, not, not just snap, like twist your head around. She's like, I saw a chiropractor do this once. Oops, I fucked it up. <laughs> I don't know my own strength, so it's a bit much. <laughs> The text on the screen then says, Katie and Hunter's whereabouts remain unknown. Dun, dun. Like, th- yes, but then as the movie goes on, apparently Hunter is, uh, I don't know. As we talk about yeah. Hunter, I'm just like looking at a picture of my nephew Hunter that I have on my shelf where it, it says in shock underneath him, I love Hunter. And I'm like, this is suddenly creepier than it used to be. Oh, we only have two more movies to go and we'll never have to speak of this again. <laughs> Except for when we reference it in other movies. We probably will. I, I don't know how. I'm going to probably be too... I'll fall asleep before I do them. Wait, this is boring thing I was thinking about when I was watching this movie. <laughs> Whenever we see a pool vacuum from now on, we will recall. We cut to a children's soccer game. The Chiron says that it's Henderson, Nevada, November 1st, 2011. So it's five years since the events of Paranormal Activity 1 and 2. We see as they're like screaming Wyatt's name and like cheering him on. So clearly whoever is filming their kid is Wyatt. And then we see on the corner of the soccer field, a child who's not playing, who's dressed in like all black. And he's just like staring at the kids playing soccer. And then the camera pans away to like focus on Wyatt. And then it pans back very quickly. But the child is gone from the side of the field. Dun, dun, dun. Oh, no, he had to leave to apply like his black eyeliner. <laughs> Straighten his hair, you know. He has stuff to do. We then cut to Wyatt being introduced. Uh, we find out that he is six years old, which is the same age as Hunter. Wyatt is asking his sister where his dad is. He Apparently the dad missed their game and he's missed half of lunch. Then the da- dad starts walking up to join them and we see that the mom is very pissed off at him for not bringing ice cream and for being late. And so the sister who has been filming this whole time, she starts to try to distract Wyatt uh, away from her parents fighting. Later, we cut to them driving home and as they drive home, they notice that strange kid that was on the side of the field walking all alone on the road. And it's implied that this is a very long distance for him to have walked from the park. But they don't give him a ride or anything. Just like keep moving. No, they're just like, leave the strange child to walk in the street alone. But later we're going to let him live with us for a while. But whatever. Yeah, exactly. Within a day, he'll be living with us. But right now, no, don't acknowledge the child. (laughs) We then cut to the daughter and her boyfriend. They're getting ready to have a hangout with their friends while the parents are out. Their friends come over. They play Xbox Connect for a while. And then the friends leave. And she takes her boyfriend for like a tour of their backyard. As they open the back door, we get an alarm that has a voice that announces back door open. She then tours the backyard and says that they have like this play structure. It's her castle, whatever. And they decide to go and climb up into it and as the boyfriend climbs into it and he starts panning around with the camera he sees the strange child just in the corner of he's just like staring in the corner not creepy at all like not even a little bit it would have been better if he was Blair witching it but you know whatever and before I forget I kind of like this couple this Ben and Alex yes whatever their names are. Yes, I kind of like them. You know, they just, they talk a bunch on FaceTime or not even, they do the, she carries a laptop. Yeah, they're they're that like 15 year old couple. That's kind of cute. 
yeah, whatever. I, yeah. I liked them. Like it, was, it, it felt kind. Of, I don't want to say it felt real, but it felt real. Like it just felt like, oh, this feels like an actual, like not a movie couple. Yeah. As we discussed, the main actress who's in Freaky as well, she's just a really, like really good actress, and she has a good job. Both of them do a good job of portraying just like a natural feeling teenage relationship. Yeah, something else this movie does right. You know how we complain about these movies being very unfocused when it comes to their main character. Not this one. Mm-hmm. It's. Alex's movie. This whole movie is basically her. Yeah, agree. The parents are there just because she's 15 and doesn't live in her room. But yeah, no, I agree. They, it, it's good that they just focused in on her and everyone else is just a side character, really. And even Wyatt to a point. Yeah, Wyatt definitely feels like like it's really just Alex and Robbie and then Ben by extension because he's like her sounding board. Yeah, but she did a good job. I was the whole movie like, wow, you're too good to be in this movie. What are you doing here? <laughs> I understand it's a paycheck and you probably hadn't done much before this, but man. Yeah, everyone has to start so somewhere and i mean this franchise was making a lot of money at the time so good place to start I'm pulling her up now she had been in bad teacher oh she was in bad teacher i forgot about that i saw that once when it was new and remember nothing i've seen it twice because i had watched it when it was new and then i convinced raj the like a few months ago that we should watch it because there's just one line from it that i quote all too often it's a horrible line but it's just it makes me laugh so um, it's like Justin Timberlake's dating like the super eager teacher or whatever. And then they're like talking about how they just decided to drive somewhere like randomly, like without maps. It was so cool. And then they found this little restaurant and then Justin Timberlake goes, it was Ethiopian food progress. <laughs> and I just, so whenever someone's like mm, Ethiopian food, I just look at them and say progress. <laughs> <laughs> Before that, she was in Gary Unmarried, some TV show I never watched, mm-hmm. a movie called Bun Bun I never heard of. And she was on All My Children. That's the soap opera, that right? That's the soap opera, yes. I, I thought of Married with Children for a second. I'm like, she's too young for that. What? And then I was like, no, 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 it's a different show. <laughs> I think she was born like in 97. Ugh. Oh, man. Baby. Yes, she's a, she's a little one, but she's and she's from Orlando. Okay. Uh, Alex offers to take uh, the strange child home. Apparently, he lives across the street. And as she's walking him out the kid keeps on like turning around to like dead-eyed stare at ben he really doesn't like ben (laughs) at all this whole movie just like thanks for the cock block this that that's great i think he says that he does he does it's daytime now and alex is playing a guitar and explaining that the kid's name is robbie fun fact as to why he is named robbie let me turn back to the first page of notes i had okay so the Robbie character is named after Robbie Manhelm, a child that in the 19, sorry, in 1959 was alleged to be a victim of possession. Who's not good enough to do this? I think that somehow between last week's episode and this week's episode, Ari Shulman, the director of both these films, heard my comment about why would you choose Toby as the name and not be referencing The Shining? And then was like, oh, I should reference things with my name. <laughs> yes. They came back in time in this time machine. <laughs> so listen, I'm going to... Yep, that is most definitely what happened, and you can't prove me wrong. Um, <laughs> Correct, you're right, I can't. <laughs> it's airtight logic there, yeah, it works. Excellent. Okay, so, yes, Robbie, and he lives across the street. Uh, he has a single mom who's really busy, and she works a lot, and therefore she's not home very often. Apparently, where they used to live, he was allowed to just go over to his neighbor's play structure whenever he wanted, and that's why he thought it was okay to do that. Which you found that is a lie, but whatever. And then Robbie goes missing about three quarters into the movie. <laughs> But right now we uh, cut to some webcam footage and um, Alex is talking to her boyfriend, Ben. And now we have our usual request for a sex tape, except this one is a very illegal underage sex tape. 
Really? There was a sex tape behind this? Uh, okay, maybe not full on sex tape, but he's like, can't you flash me? Like, just like some boob action? I would really want some boob action. Yeah. Then she goes, I, no, no, I'm going to go and take, get a snack. I'll talk to you later. And he's like, what? No, don't leave me. Take me with you. So then she like takes her computer. With I remember her. that part. All right. I just must have been thinking about something more interesting when he was talking about boob action, I guess. <laughs> just. Yeah, because nobody is interested in a 50 year old, 15 year old's boobs. And if you are an over the age of, I don't know, 16, 17, please <laughs> reconsider your life choices. Then she uh, decides to take the computer with her to continue the chat. And she tells him that he needs to be quiet because everyone else in the house is asleep. And then he decides to scream obnoxiously to try to wake up her family. He's 15, so I get it. He's an idiot. Makes sense. Most 15-year-old boys are. <laughs> no, I was a 15, so it makes that whole true. I mean, without being a boy, I was an idiot at 15 as well, so... <laughs> Alex makes a comment uh, alluding to her parents not liking one another. Then she hears sirens outside. And so she goes to check it out. Something is going on over at Robbie's house. She calls to her mom and her mom starts coming down the stairs. And then she closes her laptop to cancel a call with Ben. We then cut to daytime and Robbie is walking across their driveway, committing the cardinal sin of wearing socks with sandals, which he continues to do for the entire movie. Did they make fun of him for it later? I do right here, which is when I first started to notice it. And I'm like, oh, no, never trust someone who wears socks with sandals. Never. No, kid's very creepy. He's very um kid from the ring in this movie. It's creepier somehow. I just realized that on this day in particular, I have said several times, like, never trust a person with <laughs> like whoever I'm talking to. So never trust a person with socks and sandals. Never trust a white guy with cornrows because we witnessed that today. <laughs> I was a bunch of white guys with cornrows and dreadlocks. That's that's that was the nineties. So that's all I got there. Oh, no, not okay. But anyways. <laughs> Robbie's at their door, and I just call her the mom throughout all this. It's just the mom and the dad. Eventually, I think I found out at the end of the film that the mom's name was Holly. I don't think I ever got the dad's name. No, he's never there. Barely. He's in the movie maybe two minutes, three, max. Yeah. So anyways, they're just mom and dad in my notes. The mom answers the door, and she uh, introduces Robbie to Wyatt. And Robbie extends his hand for a handshake. And Wyatt's like, what the fuck is a handshake? He should be able to know what a handshake is, even if he's not doing them. He's on the regular because, you know, all these business meetings you have at six. But still, he should know what it is. Once again, reminded of my nephew Hunter. Uh, So his second Christmas ever, he was like, he was a year um, and a couple of days by then. And they bought him this like little tuxedo. So he was wearing like a full tuxedo. And then he had his like Cheerio treats in his hand and he was just like going around and he had this like mob, like Marlon Brando mob boss look on his face and it's like, you, you want a Cheerio? Like, let me negotiate with you about these Cheerios. Hey, I got I got the Cheerios. You need some, I got <laughs> It was the cutest thing. It's one of my favorite memories of him. They run off to go and play. Alex asks her mom what happened to Robbie's mom. And the mom explains that she's going to be in the hospital for a couple of days. So Robbie will be staying with them because he has nowhere else to go. He then cut to Robbie unpacking his bag. He has a weird pillow thing. He has Ship Shuba, which is a dog stuffed animal that he says is a hundred years old which probably is yeah i mean like it's missing all its fur on its head so maybe his toothbrush and then his special fork it's very expensive and it's also a hundred years old it tells the future and it also (laughs) never comes back in this movie for anything ever no we never see him eat or anything like there was one point where the whole family is sitting down to the meal and then they hear thumping upstairs and they're like oh it's just robbie because he wasn't invited to this meal all right so i guess this is as good a time as any for me to begin this rant my first rant of this movie this neighbor moved in three days ago 
if that she's falls deathly ill in the hospital and then you're gonna have this strange kid living in your house like you don't know is this something that's done maybe i'm just like a jaded new yorker but i don't know if i would take a total stranger's child into my house whether or not they have anybody else i think it's more of a like maternal woman thing like i could totally see my mom doing that okay i'm just like i can't see this happening and they get what see look and look what happens to them yeah i completely agree but like Growing up, my mom always kind of like adopted different kids on the street. Like there was these kids that lived across from us and they were very poor. So she like bought them Halloween costumes. She like, I don't know. She would just take care of them and took them under her wing. So I don't know. Maternal things. That I can see because, you know, these kids, whatever. But like these kids, like just like one day after like her mom has a a mysterious illness and that's I don't know. Yeah, but I guess because in theory, we don't see this part, but Alex calls her mom down and is like, something's happening across the streets. So she goes over across the street when the ambulances are pulling up and maybe it's like, what are we going to do with this kid? And the mom's coherent enough to be like, I, I don't have anyone to take care of him. Like, And so it's like, oh, okay, well, she was there. We'll find out later. or I believe later. My head can tells me this was all a sham to embed the kid in the house like a spy. Oh, absolutely. And possess uh, Wyatt, a.k.a. Hunter, a.k.a. the death but anyways oh yeah his weird fork that apparently tells the future and then the kids start playing on the computer and alex leaves them the mom checks in with with alex asking how robbie's doing she says that he's a little weird and the mom says yeah well after last night and what happened to his mom you expect him to be weird i think that goes beyond what happened last night though his weirdness way beyond and we never know what happened to his mom no aka katie ends up katie's a mom supposedly does does end up that Katie is his mom, apparently. Okay, so Alex is video chatting with Ben again. They're talking about her parents not getting along. They pretend that everything's okay, but they don't even look at each other. They never kiss anymore. She's pretty sure that they will stay together for Wyatt's sake. But meanwhile, she hears in the background thudding, and then she hears the back door alarm sound. So she says that she'll be right back, and she runs off. There's like a long while where there's nobody on the webcam screen and then we see in the mirror that is in the camera view robbie walks past quickly by and then alex jumps back into frame for a jump scare she says that robbie was just standing in the kitchen staring out the open back door it's very weird and creepy which he is yeah we then cut to daytime ben shows alex he's recorded their video chats and she's super not happy about this and he's claiming that it's all automatic his computer just does it mm, sure 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 no, i love the preamble to you listen i'm gonna show you something but i don't want you to be mad <laughs> my computer has this thing it just does something i don't know how to stop it i don't know why but it's just happening and she's just like you pervert not cool you're recording me sleeping what the hell you know exactly because that's the video he decides to show her is her sleeping and then in the video we see that robbie comes into her room and gets into bed with her and begins cuddling her and she must be a super duper happy sleeper because man nothing right especially at that age because like you're not used to someone cuddling you it's not like you're used to your partner being in bed with you or something like that yeah i remember every christmas my like one of my siblings would end up having to sleep in my bed and there all my siblings are quite older than me and Nikki used to just like hug me and like start cuddling me and caressing me in my sleep because she was used to having a partner and I'm like what are you doing get off of me (laughs) but yeah that would wake me up right away yeah but this kid goes for it and we find out later that they haven't done anything you know and another reason for them to for her I should say to wake up while this little child gets into bed with her and 
just cuddles up on her, which is, I don't know. Yeah, spoons her. Like <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. And, he's like, oh, and she's like, oh, he's touching me. Oh, so creepy. And the mom takes this in stride. Yeah, exactly. We then cut to the mom in the kitchen and she's like, the camera again? I'm a Kardashian, didn't you know? Referring to the fact that she's always being filmed by her daughter. Not a good joke, but fine. Yeah, I know. <laughs> she starts justifying uh, Robbie's behavior, saying that it's a natural response to seeing his mom taken away in an ambulance. But it's not. I would understand if he had shown up in like the parents' room and been like, I can't sleep or like something like that. A more natural response than just climbing into bed with the older sister. Yes. If it was with the mom, it would, that would make a little bit more sense. And like you said, hey, I can't sleep, whatever. Okay. But this is just like, she's going to creepily stand in front of you, photo walk, as we do in these movies. And then climb into bed with you. And then apparently be gone before you wake up. It's not like he was there when she woke up. She never sleeps. I always have to get my one ring in reference into every episode. That's the one. Have I been missing these this whole time? I swear, like, upon listening back to some of our episodes, I'm just like, I talk about Samara a lot. You're a fan. I guess one day we'll have to get to these rings. You have to do the ring one of these days. One of these days we'll get to it. But right now, film cuts to the playhouse and Wyatt and Robbie are hanging out. Wyatt introduces Alex to Robbie's invisible friend. Alex says that she can see him and Robbie immediately is like, no, you can't. I know you're lying. You can't see him. I, I know that you're pretending. All right. It's, it's not that serious. It's super serial. What are you talking it's about? It's super duper with marshmallows. <laughs> we cut to Ben filming. So Ben is filming walking around her house by himself. With a laptop. They're not doing phones. It's like with laptops. I think this one was a handheld camera. Think so? All right. Yeah, because we do see that they have a handheld camera a couple of times. So I think this was the handheld camera. But he's walking down the stairs and he runs into the dad who asks, you too with the camera? Oh, yeah, that makes sense. Because most of this movie is is, um, Alex running around with a laptop wide open facing in front of her. Which they did have like a note about for fun facts. uh, Ari Shulman was saying that what he didn't like about the previous films was because it was always a camcorder. You never get the person who's filming their reaction to things. So he wanted a chance to have people's reaction as something was happening to them. And also he wanted the added creepy element of not realizing what's behind you unless the person that you're broadcasting it to tells you. I guess that makes sense. But you would still because normally in video chats, you see yourself and you see the other person. So you something was behind you would still see it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. For the video chat, sure. But then they end up implementing it that it's just the camera's always running. So the footage, they aren't necessarily watching it live. It's being recorded and watching it later. Yeah, because Rob, because not Rob, because Ben, the thing that his computer just does randomly because he doesn't know how he's able to set it up in, in Alex's house on all the computers somehow. <laughs> yeah, you know, just somehow he figured it out, but he can't figure out how to stop his computer I, from doing I that. can't, no. And it's not just your chat. It's all the chats. It's everything I do. It's always, everything, always, all the time. Don't be mad at me. <sighs> but meanwhile, Ben walks downstairs and he checks in on Wyatt and Robbie. They're playing the Xbox Connect, except that Robbie's sitting with his arms crossed on the couch. And Ben asks why he's not playing. He says that he was playing with his friend and says that, yeah, he's heard about his friend. His name's Toby, right? Dun, dun, dun. We know what that means. I realize that I'm making eyes at my microphone, but you're not here. (laughs) Can't see it. Just like, dun, 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 Toby. Okay. Ben turns, uh, decides to turn off all the lights to show them something cool and flips on the night vision camera. Then it shows that, like, the Kinect projects all these tracker dots so that it can track body movements. And it looks like night night vision, but with, I don't know, tiny little dots everywhere. How else do you explain this? It's, if you ever seen, like, a making of one of these, like, mo- mocap sessions or whatever, it's like just little... 
um, like laser pointer lights going out and mm-hmm. it mod- and it, that's how the connect tracks you. Like, you know, if this light's making contact with you, like the camera sees it. So then it knows something's there when it moves. It's not touching anymore. So it knows something's moving in front of it. And that's how that works. I don't know if that explains it well, but I think it might have. Yeah, I think that's a fair description. Robbie's like, isn't this badass? Sorry, not Robbie. Uh, ben is like, isn't this badass? And Robbie yells at him to watch his language. They then decide to have a dance party to the like one metal song that everyone always dance to. Oh, everybody but Robbie. Yes. And then when they review the footage, they see that sitting beside Robbie on the couch, there's like a humanoid figure that moves its head. And it's creepy. Creepy. Super creepy. Sorry, I had to have a wine chug. <laughs> this movie, you, you watch this movie, you've earned it. It's fine. Thank you. I, I thought so. Then we cut to the footage from night one, November 6, 2011, 3.02 a.m. Alex says that there is a noise and she's going to be investigating it. She walks through to the various rooms. She sees her parents are still in bed, Wyatt's still asleep, and meanwhile, Robbie is out of his bed. He has the connect on downstairs and he's whispering towards it. He says to Alex that he couldn't sleep. She asks who he was talking to and he says nobody. And then there's this loud thud and a light flashes and moves across the screen. Don't really understand what it is, but yeah, that's what happens. And then the next day she shows the footage to Ben and they can't figure out what it was. They show it to the dad and the dad's like, oh, you kids and your cool technology. Look at you making fancy things. And they're like, what? Like, we're not doing this. Oh, you guys are great, man. I don't understand how technology works, but you kids, man, uh, you amaze me so much. Anyway, I got to go by. <laughs> yep. We then cut to night and Alex is saying goodnight to the boys. We cut to her video chat with I keep on writing the wrong names. I wrote with Robbie and I'm like, no, no, no. Video chat with Ben. And then we hear the front door alarm that goes off. Ben's connection starts to get like really choppy and crazy. Then Alex gets pulled off the bed only to reveal that it's Ben behind her in her room. Bad joke all the way around. Yeah, not nice. Oh yeah, we, we have set up a little bit earlier in the movie when they before uh, that Ben knows how to get into the house because he knows where the hidden key is. Yeah, I'm just, did they actually say that? Did I do a director's cut again? I think he did a director's cut again. And I, I just keep on watching on Netflix because it's easier. Because uh, there was a scene earlier in the movie when they go out to a Halloween party dressed up and Ben comes to pick her up and the dad is like videotaping them. Oh, look at the costume. She's dressed like as a fairy with lights on her like skirt or whatever it looks pretty cool it's a pretty cool costume i can't lie and um uh ben just walks in the house and the dad's like how can you get in here like come on the hidden key is not really that hidden and then they leave to go Uh. to the party and they cut through the neighbor's house which is robbie's house man is what we used to do (laughs) i hope the new neighbors are as cool as the old neighbors is before they really even met robbie and then as they're walking by they hear a funny noise and they run the end of scene okay yeah, that was not in my version. Okay. But that explains a lot of small things. Like, for example, you were saying how they are new neighbors. I'm like, did we know they're new neighbors? I don't remember them saying that. Well, that's why I'm saying it the whole time. Like, they just moved in. Why is this kid living there? I'm like, all right, that's why. Mm-hmm. New neighbors. I'm like, that's a fair assumption from when they actually go into the house and everything's covered. I'm like, yeah, okay. They just moved in. But like, even then, why is all your furniture in white sheets? Um, Whatever. Yeah, I think this was before. I think this might have been even before the soccer game. I'm right. Huh. Interesting. Because, yeah, the first scene that we see with that family is the soccer scene in the Netflix version that I watched. It's not right before. It's literally right after. Because I don't think we have really seen Robbie yet when that scene happened, if I remember right. Yeah, so that's how um, Ben is able to get in the house. Because he gets in the house a couple times, just whenever he feels like it, and that's why. Yeah, that that really weirded me out that he just had this free range of their house. I'm like... 
I mean, by 2011, no, my friends couldn't do that. But like, I guess in the early 2000s, our front door would be open during the day and whoever could pop by. I don't know, my, my door's always locked. Yeah, I was, I was raised in a locked house household. So it's just like <laughs> nobody was ever coming in. But um, yeah, no. Yeah. Yes, I, oh, I might have been directed. So there might be other scenes that I've seen that you haven't seen. Yet. So you'll have to fill me in. Oh, great. The way. Not, no. <laughs> oh, okay. Bring out your notebook, Jeff. <laughs> um, sure. Hold on. Um, <laughs> Pretends to rustle pages. Yeah. Oh. There's nothing written in, these, in this notebook, but fine. It's out. It's here. Okay. So, well, uh, oh, yes. So Ben pulls her off of the bed and then she's slightly mad at him about the whole thing. But then she asks him if he can set up all the laptops to record videos all the time. They set up all the different cameras, and then we cut to the footage of the dad watching TV, then going to bed. Alex enters her room after taking a shower, and it's like, did you not remember that you have your camera filming at all times? She's fine. And I do have another question over my my version. So your movie didn't start with them go- taking little Wyatt trick-or-treating? No, no, no. No trick-or-treating. That's for the extended scene of Wyatt and Robbie and Alex trick-or-treating, like, early in the day, which I found weird that they were done with their with trick-or-treating when it was still light out. That's such a trope in movies i find that in america the kids do their trick-or-treating before it gets dark out it's a movie thing because me growing up we didn't leave the house till after it was dark. no matter what age I was, no matter what age, even when i was really little we would just go out in a group of parents and the whole bit but it was still dark exactly you had to wait until it was dark and then that was the appropriate time to go because you had to wait till people were done their dinners yeah, but this movie, they were they go trick-or-treating. Yeah, it was all together. Yeah, so this is the very beginning of the movie because they go trick-or-treating, they get the candy, and then after that, like, why uh, Ben and Alex, they get changed for, for the for the party, and then you see Ben dressed up as a cowboy. So they set up all the cameras. Uh, Alex comes back from the shower. The mom puts the boys to bed. Then we get night three, November 8th, 2011. It's 3.23 a.m. There's the kitchen camera, and the cat walks by. I love that the cat is a solid part of this story, but never gets hurt. I appreciate it that i forgot there was a cat for most of the movie like i remember seeing in the beginning and then the cat vanishes for a while and they're like oh look the cat's back sweet and then the cat again and it was a little there was two cats there was like one that was like an orange tabby and it reminded me so much of my little fen and i was like oh look into cute kitty was fen into this movie though like because she has she has a fen was not because fen got i this was the first time that i watched the movie in my new office So I locked her out of the office. Oh, it's like the Brady Bunch when I was little. Like the kids weren't allowed in the dad's office. So fans not allowed in the office. She is allowed in the office. It was just that um, Raj was watching TV on the main TV and we're on the same floor. So the bleeding sound of like what he was watching was very distracting. So I had to close the door. Ah. And it was probably more interesting. Yeah, exactly. It was just like, ooh, that sounds interesting. What what happened there? Tell me more about, I think it was Bon Appetit things that he was watching. <laughs> like, it was just like cooking things. I'm like, mm, I want to make fish and chips. Tell me more. I wouldn't want to make fish and chips, but I wouldn't mind hearing about fish and chips. So let's go. <laughs> Where are we? Yes. Okay. So the cat uh, walks by in the living room and then we, we see that the living room is in like the connect mode whenever it's nighttime. For a little dose reality, that's not the way this would work yeah because it would only be when you have the connect on right yeah like you would have to be on the xbox playing it and the xbox on for the connect to be on even though mm-hmm. uh, the mics no on that version the mics wouldn't be on all the time so yeah it would just have been on because that was the connect 1.0 so it wouldn't have been on 
doing anything when like the, the Xbox was off. Yeah, it didn't make a lot of sense. Yeah. For me, they, but whatever. And there was no way to um to do what they did to the computers, the laptops with the with the Xbox. You know, just to hack it so it's always recording because it wouldn't be. What would it be recording to? Yeah. And the parents and Wyatt. Well, Wyatt's a little kid, so I forgive him. They're idiots because these you would see your space running out if your laptop is literally recording something twenty four hours a day, seven days a week. You would see why is my computer filled up? That and like I maybe it's me being a paranoid freak, but I always close my laptop when I'm not using it. <laughs> but no one in this house ever does. Not even Alex that knows hers is recording all the time. Yeah, it doesn't really make a whole lot of sense. But anyways. Yeah. And one laptop lives in the kitchen and never gets out the kitchen. It's always in the kitchen on the counter. It's never anywhere else. Yeah. It's always in the same place looking in the same direction. No one ever uses it for anything else. I mean, one time the mom adjusted it because she's doing a recipe where she needed to learn how to cut a bell pepper because she didn't know how. <laughs> apparently. Hey, oh, so you got to cut out the white part. Oh, man. That's where I've been yeah. looking up the whole time. All right, all right. It's like getting very detailed on how you cut a bell pepper and i'm like um how long have you been cooking woman because that's i think i learned that when i was eight and i don't think there was a bell pepper on the cutting board but that's that's just it looked like it was like i thought she was it looked like steak it looked like it was no it looked like a bell pepper to me but anyways uh alex is sleeping and then we see that robbie climbs out of his bed uh he always sleeps in the top bunk for the record and wyatt always sleeps in the bottom then robbie tries to wake up wyatt he's unsuccessful oh wait no he is successful we then cut to him and wyatt running around downstairs fooling around and the mom comes down to scold them and send them back to bed we hear loud thumping noises that are coming from upstairs i believe then we cut to daytime ben and alex are they start reviewing the footage the mom says that she needs to keep her bedroom door open whenever ben is there such a thing i remember this so much when i was growing up and my favorite one was because the first boy that i was allowed up in my bedroom was my friend akia because he was very flamboyantly gay and so they were like sure he's allowed upstairs but you have to keep the door open at all times and i'm like because something's gonna happen with the super gay guy <laughs> like, no see I, huh? I get it because they were like listen you just gotta get used to this being a rule because this one is but the next one might not be so you know what this is the way it's gonna go yeah but like the rule for most of my high school experience was no boys in my room except for akia because he was flamboyant yeah, he's not gonna do either yeah yeah, we then cut to Alex coming home from school. She hears a thudding and a ball bounces down the stairs on its own. She goes to her room and she hears distant thuds and scraping noises and there's more thudding. She gets up and she calls out. Then there's a loud thud. She leaves her room to find a perfect trail of toys leading to the closet in Wyatt's room. As she opens the door, the toy train behind her gets set off. She then heads downstairs and the dining room chandelier is swaying. Her cat runs scrambling up the stairs past her and she goes to the foyer and is looking at the swaying chandelier when the foyer chandelier falls right in front of her, like a couple feet in front of her. It could have killed her. She then pans the camera up and Robbie is standing is standing by the banister looking down at her. He then runs away and he's shouting, he doesn't like you watching us. She chases after him asking if he's been in the house the whole time. She says she knows that he knows what happened. And that line just made me think of friends and the like, but they don't know that we know that th they know that we know. This kid is creepy for no reason most of the movie. Because I don't think this comes back to anything, does it? 
Well, like, other than he announces to her right at that moment that, like, he already knows that she's watching them. He he knows about the cameras and that Toby doesn't like it. Yeah, but, like, then she doesn't get, like, haunted anymore, does she? Like, I don't... Yeah, she continues to have, like, weird things happen throughout the movie. No, not attacking. Well, besides the one point where she almost dies in in a thing, but other than that, in the closet. I mean, the garage. It's not horribly violent, no, but, like, strange things continue to happen to her. Um, where are we? Um, Oh, yes, the but they don't know that we know that they know. We know that they know, yeah. <laughs> Robbie refuses to answer her and she drags him out of the room, telling him not to go in her room ever again. They then cut to the dad on the phone with whoever installed the chandeliers. He's very pissed off. Alex is trying to tell her mom that she thinks Robbie brought something into the house and that it's messing with her. And the mom's just like not having it, doesn't really buy into it at all. She tries to tell her dad instead. He too is just like, there's more important things to worry about right now, Alex. Chandeliers are falling. Fuck off. Yeah, listen, I don't know, because no, because this is a house full of chandeliers. We have 19 chandeliers in this house. One fell, the other 18 might fall tomorrow. We need we need, to, we need to be on this right now, right here, right now. I know, they start like pointing out all the chandeliers in their house and then it got me thinking, I'm like, okay, well, actually, okay, my parents' house, it has two chandeliers. It has the one in the dining room and it does have one over the stairs. But that's it. My house has, uh, well, um, I have three, I guess. There you go. So you're the boot. <laughs> I'm the problem. I'm the problem. All of our chandeliers are terribly 80s because that's when my parents bought the house. So your house is the paranormal activity three It is not because they continue to do renovations. They just have never changed the chandeliers. Oh, okay. So the chandeliers and our dining room is terribly 80s. Even though I think my mom read it in the 90s, but she did it as if it was like an 80s. It's bright pink and it has like these horrible drapes. Oh God, it's just, it's not good. It's like neon pink? Like that was a big 90s thing. It's not neon pink. It's like this dusty rose, like uh, very deep pink. Okay, I think I'm picturing it now. Does it make you want to eat food though? Like in the room? No, no, it doesn't. So we cut to night six. It's November 11th, Remembrance Day. 2011 to 11 a.m. Yeah, so we got a jump scare from the cat, which I appreciated because as Raj described to me without watching this movie, he's just like, the cat scares me all the time. Like, I'll be in the bathroom and then all of a sudden I hear this rustling behind the shower curtain and then the cat just jumps out. Like, haha, <laughs> like, gotcha. Yep, cats, they're the natural jump scares of your life. <laughs> But we then hear car sounds from outside. They wake up Alex. She says that there is a bunch of people and cars all over at Robbie's house. And she's going to go check it out at two o'clock in the morning as a 15 year old, because that's what she does. Her name's actually Nancy Drew. (laughs) I'm not going to call the cops in this very nice neighborhood. I'm just going to go check it out myself. So she goes and crosses the street and she opens up their gate. And oh, my note is like, this did not work very well for Dennis. I don't think you should drive it. Not a good idea. Learn from your elders. She opens the gate and a woman in glasses dressed in black appears and asks if she can help her. And Alex says, sorry, wrong house at two o'clock in the morning. And books it. It's great. Ah, wrong house. Gotta go. It's just like holding the laptop the whole time. Not for nothing. Yeah, it was just, you know, I think she had her camcorder at that time. But anyways, like, I'm just, you know, wandering the streets at 2 a.m. and just accidentally went to the wrong house. So we cut to the mom cleaning Alex's room the next day. Wyatt is riding his tricycle like Danny from The Shining throughout the 
house. And then as he's running around the kitchen or like riding around the kitchen, sorry, one of the kitchen chairs pulls out from the table all on its own and blocks his path. So he pauses for a moment and then he decides to continue riding his tricycle down the hallway and off screen. But then off screen, we hear another chair move. Wyatt then walks backwards into the kitchen and the tricycle starts pedaling backwards on its own into the kitchen and rings its bell. And he says, cool. We then see him giggling and running up the stairs and cut to Alex showing Ben the footage of Robbie's house with all the people. We cut to Robbie and Wyatt talking about the sun and planets and whatever. And then Robbie asks Wyatt if he wants to see him, quote unquote. Ryan says, okay. Oh, sorry. Wyatt says, okay. And Robbie tells him to follow him off camera. Wyatt asks if he's nice. Robbie says, if you do what he says. The bedroom door slowly closes on its own behind them, leaving them in a pitch black room. We cut back to Alex and Ben. They're discussing the woman from the footage saying, and Alex is saying that she knows that it's not Robbie's mom because her mom said that Robbie's mom is young. There's a loud thudding noise and Alex and Ben go to check on the boys. They open up the room door and they turn on the lights and then they notice that the room is a complete mess and she starts lecturing Wyatt on it being a mess. And then she finds him shirtless with all these strange symbols like scribbled on him in magic marker. (laughs) But the Harry Potter symbol on his back. Yeah, the Harry Potter symbols on his back. Wyatt says that Robbie's drawing pictures on him so he can see him. Alex takes Wyatt to go clean him up. Ben is asking Robbie who Wyatt is going to see. And Robbie says he does not like you. You'll find out. Ben, Yeah, Ben's like, who does not like me? And he's like, you'll find out. So now we're at night seven. It's November 12th, 2011. 3.01 a.m. Wyatt wakes up and he gets out of bed. He goes downstairs and heads over to the TV in the living room. He says, what? I can't hear you. What? They're all sleeping. I'm sure. Maybe. We then cut to daytime and Alex is checking in on the boys. She asks Wyatt why he got up in the middle of the night. Uh, Did he have a nightmare? And Robbie whispers to him, don't tell her anything. We then cut to Alex finding the symbol of the Deathly Hallows in a sandbox in a previous footage. And then she cuts back to the footage of Wyatt with all the marker on him and it's like, see, it's the same symbol on his back to Ben. And Ben's like, "Uh, I think you're kind of losing it. She goes and Googles Deathly Hallows. (laughs) She finds out it's a Hattusok symbol of fertility often present in sacred rituals whereupon a demon would take possession of a male child. In order for the demon to enter the host, the Hittites believe three stages had to be completed. One, actuation. The host will begin to exhibit signs of pre-natural ability. Two, affirmation. The host would have to prove its pre-natural ability to the demon. Three, sacrifice. The host will be compelled to spill the blood of inviolate, a being that has not been profaned and remains pure. Ben clarifies like a virgin. (laughs) And then he offers to help Alex out so that she doesn't have to worry about getting taken by a demon. Winky. He's a cute little thing and she's like, oh, you don't have to worry. He's like, Um, um, he tells him you don't have to worry about it. He goes, no, come on. I've been with three girls two times or something like that. (laughs) No, he's like, I've been with three girls four times, which makes it clearly a lie. I found that hilarious. So that's great. No, it was, I've done it three times with four girls. That was it. Yeah, it was something like that. Like the numbers were didn't match. But I was like, oh, that's cute. Yeah. Uh, we then cut to the mom in that cooking tutorial that we were talking about <laughs> yeah. earlier. Hmm, gotta cut bell peppers. So you don't eat these whole? Oh, man, it's weird. All right, fine. I've been eating it like an apple all these years. So you cut these, huh? I was wondering why they were empty. All right, that's, that's... 
Uh, Wyatt's calling for her. He says he can't find his tiger. She says to look under his bed, but he keeps calling for her. While her back is turned, the knife goes flying up into the air. When the mom turns back, she can't find the knife, so she has to get a new one. We then cut to dinner, and there's a thumping noise from upstairs, and Wyatt says, it's just Robbie, because Robbie hasn't been invited to the dinner. Yeah, because, you know, Robbie doesn't eat food with his hundred-year-old fork. Yeah, he has to eat in the privacy of his own room with his hundred-year-old fork. That's the way it works, didn't you know, Jess? We cut to the boys' room, and Wyatt is playing with the train set, and Robbie is staring down the camera. The mom says that she's off. Once she's getting ready to leave, Robbie gets up and watches her leave. And then he runs back to Wyatt and says, it's time for them to go. They're waiting for us. And Wyatt's like, I thought that was happening tonight. Alex watches the boys walking across the driveway. And then she runs after them to Robbie's house. She knocks on the door, but since the door is left open and no one's answering, she lets herself in. All the furniture is under these white sheets. And no one is home, but she can hear a thumping and she calls after the boys. She finds a padlocked closet in the bedroom and is like, what the fuck? She's weird. Yeah, it is weird. Then she hears a child shrieking and she finds the boys playing in Robbie's room. Alex tells the boys they have to go. And as she tries to leave, she runs into Katie. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. Katie. Uh, and Katie greets her by name. She says she's Robbie's mom. And that she would like Alex to thank her mom for taking care of Robbie. Then Wyatt's coming up and like hugging her, like, very familiar with Katie. And Katie says that he looks just like his mom. Alex then takes Wyatt and leaves. We cut to Alex telling her mom Robbie's mom didn't even look sick. And her mom's like, great, she healed. That That's fantastic. Like, no, no, no. She looks like she's never been sick. Like, it was like nah, come on. That's yeah. speaking silly. silly talk. Exactly. The mom just never believes anything Alex says. And then she tries to explain to Alex that Robbie's mom had called her, but she missed the call. So that's why the boys went over there. And Alex is like, but how did they know she called if you missed the call? You know, kids. It's just his fork told him, okay? Fork for Baba Yaga, the thing he pulled out of his bag, whatever. Um, that told him. <laughs> so then we cut to night nine, November 14th, 2011, 1.21 a.m. The dad is watching TV and everyone else is asleep. The dad hears thudding and a door shut. He gets up to investigate. The laptop in the kitchen then turns on, like the disk drive or something, like there's a whirring noise. And then he goes to shut it down. He does. And as he turns around, it starts back up again. There's a loud thud and then it stops. He turns around to leave and the knife from several days ago drops from the ceiling and embeds itself in the counter. So it's been days. Knife's been stuck to a ceiling and no one's noticed a thing. Yes, exactly. When do you ever look up at your ceilings? I say as I constantly look up at my ceiling. <laughs> if you're in a two-story house that you're always hearing banging upstairs, you would look up just out of habit. Like, what the hell's going on upstairs? It's not even that. It's like when I enter a room, I see the ceiling in a way. You know what I mean? Like, if you're looking at eye level out of... The corner of your eye, you see the ceiling. I guess it's the top of your eyes, but anyway. It's not in my house, but it's fine. It's yeah. My, you have very tall ceilings. Very tall ceilings yeah. Ah, okay. I live in a tiny house that <laughs> has like eight foot ceilings. Oh, no, so. I, have, I have like I don't know, 15, 20 foot ceilings. It's ridiculous. It's <laughs> so maybe they have some of those fifteen foot ceilings. Maybe, but still, I don't know. So then the knife falls, and it's great because he gets all nervous, and the wife gets mad at him. Yeah, the mom comes down right when the knife falls, and he's trying to like be like this. This knife came from nowhere. And she's like, just come back upstairs. I'm sorry. And like, he's like, no, but the, the knife and the thing and the... Fine. And uh, be that way. I'm leaving. I'm like, what the... 
Yeah, she's like, fine, don't come upstairs. It's great. Yeah, I'm like, you, you guys have horrible communication, clearly. You really should get that divorce. Poor guy. That or, okay, wait, wait, wait. New theory, Jeff. All right. I do know that you have seen The Deathly Hollows Part 1 and 2. Yes, I have seen that. Okay, so you are aware of what a horcrux is then. I remember them having to do something with them in the movie. They're little pieces of Voldemort's soul that he's split and put into objects so that he can stay alive. And Harry's one. That's all I got. And Harry is one. And then there's a theory that, for example, they have the locket, which is a horcrux. Whenever they have to wear it, it just like makes them very like miserable. Like they start being irrationally angry about everything. And it's so horrible. And then there was a fan theory on the internet of, well, Harry is actually a horcrux, so maybe that's why you wouldn't know this. This is from the earlier movies. He had family members that adopted him when his parents died, and they were always terrible to him. And then the theory is he was a horcrux. Maybe he made them terrible and like hate him because he was a piece of Voldemort's soul. So the horcrux is kind of like the ring in the Lord of the Rings, right? Like it just corrupts you yes. by being around you. Got it. Because those I've seen a bunch. Yeah. yeah. So what if Wyatt, aka Hunter, is a horcrux and he's destroyed these people's marriage? Because maybe they were happy before they adopted him. Mm-hmm. Wyatt knows he's adopted, and they throw. They just happen to mention it in passing. I think come. I think soon. In the last twenty minutes of the movie, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. By the way, man, he said I was adopted. So he knows. You know. I'm like, all right. So the kid knows. He's a, all right. Fine. Um. <laughs> but anyways, that is my new working theory. Let me know if you think it's a good one. Works for me. Oh yeah. The mom gets all pissy, whatever, and then the dad heads upstairs after her, still being like, "What? What knife? Where? Oh, Where did it come from? It's like vanishing." now it's here what's going on it's great and she's like oh fine be that way go to your other family leave me alone <laughs> that's where you are all the time exactly. you're not working you're with your other family you love more than us then we find out Robbie's his love child with Katie dun, dun, dun. Oh, that, that would have been great what if he was like um, Danny who's like uncle or something or like Danny's brother from the first one from the second movie was it Danny David Danny the dad Hunter's Daniel dad. Daniel Danny is, is a way that's close yeah I was there I was in the neighborhood of that one what if that was like his, his brother or something he owns like a bunch of Wendy's in that Burger King <laughs> Or in like rival <laughs> businesses. Well, you know, BK had this many customers this year. Well, Wendy's. So Wendy's, come on, man. My meat is square. It's great. It's the way it should be. And never frozen. <laughs> never. It's close, but never quite gets there. It's just very, very cold. <laughs> okay. We cut to daytime, and Alex is asking Wyatt why he went over to Robbie's house. He says that he wanted to meet his mom and that she wanted to meet him, since both him and Wyatt are adopted. Alex asks how she knew that Wyatt was adopted and he says she just knew Alex says what else did she know or what else did she say to you he says that my other family needs me back she's like but we're your family we then cut to night 10 it's November 15th which is my papa's birthday 2011 3 17 a.m we get the cat climbing over the couch fucking love the cat the end oh yeah the end. That, that's all that's important in this film. The cat. Done. Okay. Everyone's asleep. Wyatt's door slowly opens on its own, and then we hear a weird high-pitched frequency noise. Wyatt wakes up and gets out of bed. He goes downstairs and whispers, what? I can't hear you. 
a childlike figure is following behind him and we can only see it through the connect tracking dots. He then says, okay, I will. Very sleepy. Yeah, sure. I don't know. No, it's not. No, it's not. No, it's not. My name's Wyatt. It's not Hunter. My name's not Hunter. My name's not Hunter. The dad then comes downstairs calling after Wyatt and then he comforts him, asking him if he had a nightmare, if he's okay, whatever. We then cut to daytime and Wyatt and Robbie are in the playhouse. Alex goes to check on them, but by the time she gets there, Robbie is gone. So Alex asks Wyatt what they were talking about and Wyatt says, he said he got me ready. And she asks, ready for what? Says, I don't know, but he said that it's my time. We then cut to Wyatt watching Spongebob on his computer. That's what it was. I was trying to figure out what it was. It starts off with Spongebob and then it turns into Bugs Bunny. I'm pretty cons- like pretty sure based on the music. Yeah, that music sounded very not new. Yeah, so like once he's in the bath, it's Bugs Bunny. But when he's walking with the laptop, I hear a Patrick. And I'm like, oh, Spongebob, got it. The mom says that his bath is ready and he can bring him the laptop with him. The mom leaves him alone in the bathtub. For like an hour. With an electronic there. I just so many questions here for this mother. He's six years old. You do not leave a six-year-old alone in the bathtub. Like, oh, she hasn't, do you want your bubbles? Yes, all right, you got your bubbles. I gotta go. Like, I just, I don't understand. His toy thuds against the tub, uh, once softly and then very hard, and his video turns off. Meanwhile, the mom is downstairs and on the phone and not giving a shit. Yeah, she's busy. She's busy. Wyatt is then pulled under the water and he is held down there for way too long, past the point of breathing. Then he slowly gets up and the video turns back on. It's then that his mom comes in to get him and he doesn't talk to her. Then it's night 11, November 16th, 2011, 12.03 a.m. The mom's watching TV and drinking wine. The dad joins and says that Alex is knocked out hard. The mom says that she gave her one of her sleeping pills because she's been up for two days, which we haven't seen Alex up for two days. Not even in my version, so no. So I don't know where that comes from. But the dad's super pissed off, which is understandable, giving a 15-year-old like strong drugs like that should be discussed with both parents. Without saying anything, just like, just gave it to her. Yeah, like when the same thing used to happen with me, now we realize because of my bipolar, (laughs) but my mom would give me gravel to like help me try to fall asleep, which is not like you can take gravel any time as a kid and it just is supposed to make you drowsy. We cut to Wyatt. He gets up out of bed and he goes into his closet. His bedroom door then begins to open on its own. We cut to Alex's room and then Wyatt opens the door and walks in. As he stands there, the blanket is snatched off of her body by an invisible force. She then begins to be turned and then like lifted up off her bed as she like levitates, but it looks like someone's grabbing her from the small of her back. But we already know she's a heavy sleeper and (laughs) then she's already on sleeping pills. So yeah, she's drugged at this point. So she's not waking up apparently. So yeah, she, Kathy Lutzes it and levitates in the air. (laughs) We then cut to the day and Alex is still asleep in her bed and her mom's like, you need to get up and go to school. But my question is this, because now she's sleeping with her covers back on her. So did the ghost put him back on? Yeah, he tucked her in for the night after he finished levitating her. Okay, just wondering. Makes sense, right? Totally. That's the way Toby does things. He's very... Yeah, he he's prepping her for marriage. Very considerate. Is he though? <laughs> I don't know. He's like, yes, honey, I will rip those covers off and pull your body up, but then I will tuck you back in afterwards. 
but nothing before marriage. And then it was <laughs> oh lord. Um, Alex goes to check her computer for the night footage, but it's not working. We then cut to Alex checking Wyatt's room, and his closet has Hunter written on the door in crayon. Wyatt sneaks up behind her, and then she asks him what Hunter means, and he says that it's his name. And she's like, no, it's not. He's like, well, it used to be. She's like, no, it didn't. And he's like, yes, it did. Man, creepy. See, because now after he got drowned, it's when he became possessed, pretty much, right? Yeah, I, th- I think he died. That's my theory. That works. We then cut to Alex trying to use the computer, forget in which room, but like one of the other computers. I think it was the kitchen one and it's not working again we cut to the mom saying that she will be gone for a few hours and alex is saying she doesn't want to be left in the house alone and she's like too bad and then she's like bitch and i'm like oh the amount of times that i whispered bitch under my breath as my mom said something this is like a date night right for the parents I, I, i'm gonna say that it's couples therapy <laughs> or they're swinging <laughs> <laughs> they are doing something together that's fun like <laughs> yeah they're doing something because they, they go out together and they walk because yeah. unless they have like another car they might have two cars. Yeah, they could. Because the mom had like a minivan and then the one that was in the garage was like a car. So they went out in the minivan and maybe they are swinging. They need, they need extra <laughs> That's room. what I'm thinking. Yeah, they need the extra room in the car. <laughs> oh man, they're swinging in the car. <laughs> Why else would you leave in the minivan when you have a perfectly good car? But maybe they're carpooling too. <laughs> to they're swinging to, yes, they get, they're considerate about gas and... Their carbon footprint on the way to the swinging party, to the key party. You know, one of them is DD, so. Exactly. One of them, I'm going to be sober. I'm just going to partake in the swinging, but I'm not going to drink. <laughs> okay. We cut to night 12. It's November 17th, my mom's birthday. Right. This, this <laughs> movie might make it to my mom's birthday. I don't know. What, I didn't take care of the dates, but. When's your mom's birthday? November 30th. No, we don't get I there. I don't get that far off. Almost. <laughs> But uh, it's 1248 a.m. and Alex is video chatting with Ben. She's saying that she tried to ask about Wyatt's birth parents, but her parents were like super offended about her trying to ask about that. Because apparently they found them on the side of the road because I don't know how else they adopted them. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, apparently when they first adopted him, he wouldn't sleep and he would wake up screaming and only the dad was allowed to touch him. We then see that there is a figure on the couch in the connect view and it's Katie. Dun, dun, dun. Katie's in the house. Mm-hmm. Alex hears the garage door open and she goes to investigate. The garage door seems to be like the rolling garage door seems to be stuck. So she hits the button to close it and then she signs off with Ben. And as she's walking away, she hears it opening back up again. She goes back into the garage and she hears scraping sounds. Then the garage, the rolling garage door begins closing again on its own and the house door slams shut. More scraping noises and thudding. We then cut to inside and Katie is walking up the stairs. Then in the garage, the car turns on and it revs its engine and Alex begins to start choking on the exhaust fumes. Yeah, running around, losing her mind, banging on the door, banging on the garage door, doing everything she can't yeah. possibly do. And this is, this I found weird in this house because maybe because my garage door opener is in... The actual garage, right? That was my thought too. It doesn't make sense for it to be in a hallway in between like would you not have another one in the actual garage yeah, mine's in the garage and also the garage uh door has like a pulley thing for you to manually do it in case something like this mm-hmm. would happen. but that but the pulley thing i'll forgive but like the actual garage door opener button thing is in my garage like by the door we come to the house but still I don't know. so maybe their house is so nice and fancy because that was a pretty long hallway to get to the garage yeah, I think it's just a plot point. <laughs> I don't think that most places actually have their garage buttons inside the house. But fans, if you do, let us know. Yeah, tell us. 
Wyatt gets up out of bed as he hears heavy footsteps coming up the stairs and he goes to try and hide in the bathroom, I believe it is. He gets an ensuite bathroom, which is interesting. It's a nice house. Anyway, I think Alex also has an ensuite bathroom. I think all of them do. I think it's just like everybody just has their own bathroom in his house. And her closet looks huge from what I can tell. Yeah, it's like a full walk-in closet with Katie's beaded curtain. Exactly, because, you know, Katie had to, that's what she does. She makes beaded things for everyone. Exactly. Meanwhile, Katie enters the room and she's calling for Hunter, saying that it's her, his, sorry, his aunt Katie. She tells him to open the door. He's almost ready. Wyatt's sobbing. Meanwhile, Alex is screaming for help in the garage. Back to Katie. She's now off screen and behind the door with Wyatt saying, it's okay, I'll be here till you're ready. And he continues to sob. Alex smashes the car window and then she gets inside of it and ends up backing it through the garage door, breaking the garage door. Saving her own life, which I thought was pretty badass. I'm like, all right, good, good, good job. Yeah. Good going. I liked it. Exactly. Like right before she ended up smashing the car door, I was like, why don't you smash like the windows in the top of the garage door or something? I was, like, I was, I was thinking the same thing. Like just smash the windows on the garage door or bang on the garage door window. But like she's kind of short, so maybe she can reach. I don't know. Maybe it's just our house. But like we have an axe in our garage. <laughs> like go to it with the axe frankie g that shit frankie g with the axe but no he, um but she gets a golf club and breaks the car window and then gets in the car and backs out the garage first she hits like the gas to go forward and then she goes back which i thought was pretty funny like she doesn't know how to drive she's 15 she hasn't gotten her learner's permit yet I, which i thought was a cool little touch i'm like wow she doesn't know how to work the car exactly we then cut to her in the house uh explaining to her parents what happened but they don't believe her but they're still way better about it than part two parents were yeah at least they aren't like cursing at her being like no stop it shut up i don't want to hear it oh you just were hanging out with your boyfriend she's like listen i was gonna die look at the video i think they look at the video or something they see something's up see they see no she can't get the video up remember she's having problems with the computer and she's like let me just call ben ben can help whatever and they're like no honey honey so if the videos aren't working how are we watching this the demon in his living room (laughs) just like part three when like the demon we were in his living room watching the vhs tapes got it exactly now he's upgraded to computer so is this demon bagul like from sinister (laughs) she went from super eight videos to like rolling thing to like this now it's actually bagul's cousin bejewel (laughs) Bejewel, yes it's bejewel because katie does beads and she's right exactly Oh, anyway. But the dance comes off very cool in the very next scene. You listen. I'm willing to listen now. Let's talk. Even though the dad has another family somewhere else, he still cares about his kid and his wife. Yeah. I mean, not the wife, but the kid. At least. At least the kid. Yeah, because he made it very good. Listen, it was just me and you. Not not that lady you call mom, but um, me and you go out to dinner. Just us. In a place where your cell phone gets zero reception for no reason. Yes, because from her explaining to the parents, we cut to daytime and she's telling Ben that her parents just think she's crazy. He's offering to come over, but this is where the dad asks to take her out to dinner. And he says that he wants to talk. He's willing to listen to her now. It's very sweet. Yes, it is. We then cut to the kitty running around the house. Yay. And then the phone rings and the mom comes downstairs because clearly they only have one landline <laughs> phone in the entire house and it's in the kitchen. She needs to go there to get it. It's also a corded phone. Like, I don't know. But anyways, it's the dad who's out to dinner with Alex right now. They're having some meaningless banter back and forth about it. We then cut to Katie, who's in the living room watching the mom and she then heads upstairs to Wyatt's room. Mom hears clattering, scraping and creaking noises in the living room and then a distant thud. Then she watches as a book flies off of the mantel all by itself. She hears more creaking and then we hear a growl and 
and heavy breathing that visibly moves her hair. She is then lifted off of her feet up to the ceiling and then thrown down to the ground with that sickening thud. Katie then, who's been standing in Wyatt's room and like looking up at the top bunk, she leaves Wyatt's room and then we see from the kitchen camera that the mom's body is dragged off the camera. Wyatt then swings his feet over the side and this is when I noticed sitting on his chair by the door is Ted, the teddy bear from the movie Ted. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay, I didn't notice that. Yeah, he has like a bowel-mouthed alcoholic teddy bear in his room. (laughs) It doesn't even move to try to save him. That's messed up. No. Messed up, Ted. The alarm says that the front door is open and we see that Ben is there. He calls Alex, calls out for Alex, but no one answers. So he calls her on the phone saying that like he's been trying to get her on the phone, but he can't get through to her. He found some crazy shit about the triangle symbol and it involves a coven. He then hears a loud thud from upstairs. He goes upstairs and enters Alex's room and the bead curtain in Alex's room is moving. He goes onto her computer and then as he sits down, we see that Katie is standing right behind him. As he's just about to turn around because he feels like the presence of someone there, she snaps his neck. She then drags him into the closet and leaves the room. Alex and the dad see Katie and Wyatt going into Katie's house as they're driving up to their house. The dad's like, I need to go check that out. Alex then goes home. She goes to her computer and she sees that Ben was on it. So she decides to call him. She hears his phone ringing in her closet. And Duda earlier, she's like, you better not be playing with me. You better not be kidding. Ben, Ben, Ben. And then she finds the body. Exactly. She finds his body and she screams. And just as she does that, we hear a roar. And then she's thrown out of the closet and then dragged by her foot out of the room. We then cut to Alex running into the street, screaming for help. She goes to Katie's house and she's calling for her parents. As she enters, she hears a growl and then muffled screams. We see her dad. He's thrown into a wall and then he's dragged across the floor and then disappears. Alex then opens Robbie's bedroom door and hears a child sobbing. She calls out for Wyatt and then he screams, Alex! She goes to leave the room and she sees Katie down the hall. She says, please don't hurt me. And then demon face Katie charges right at her and like breaks through the door. Oh yeah, nice shiny reference there. She shuts the door and then Katie's like physically breaking through the door with full demon Mm -hmm. face on. Exactly. So Alex jumps out the window. She finds Wyatt in the yard and she screams at him to go, but he won't move. And then she pans the camera to reveal... The coven, I guess? An army? Like, I don't... Like, a thousand women? Like, I don't... Yeah, it was so many people that it's more than a coven but it's this large group of women with the symbol on a necklace around their necks and the movie's over oh no we get one last shot of demon katie she goes straight for the camera we hear alex scream and then the feed cuts yeah there it is and that's it (sighs) this uh oh man i don't even know i don't even know where to start with this one this is like normally when i'm watching movies i'm like i can see how to fix this just gotta change a couple little things here and there not now This is a this is a total teardown. This is just like there is no fixing what they have without having to remake basically the entire movie. There were no actual scares in this movie. Like even like the yeah, no, nothing scared me in this movie. All of it was just I did like the scene in the garage with the car, but I wasn't scared. That was, was cool. Tense, it wasn't it was, scary. It was tense. So I at least give yeah. it that. All hats off to the actress, which I should know her name, but uh, to Alex. Mm-hmm. She, you see her ratchet up her anxiety as she sees the situation getting worse and worse while she's in it. You know, mm-hmm. first she's like, you know, she's just regular panicking. Then by the end, when the when the garage is filling up with the exhaust fumes, then you see her really losing it until she breaks like, the car window pretty much. 
she plays it incredible. Like she actually does such an amazing job in this movie. It's too bad that she's mm-hmm. in, has she had to be in this movie. As I said, nothing scared me in this movie. All the things they did right last time, where it was like things were always happening. The things that were always happening were the kids were walking around at night. These movies have had a pattern. You know, night one, night two, night 12, night 15, night whatever. This one, mm. it does the nights, but nothing really happens any of these nights. Thing, you know, there's the one broken chandelier, which wasn't on a night. It was just somebody walking around it. The nights you sometimes see the connect, the, the figure, the connect ghost walking around. There's a book that falls off a bookshelf, which I think was like a deleted scene because I saw the book falling off the bookshelf also happened with Alex at a okay. certain scene. So that might have been one of my director's uh, cut scenes. The more I thought about it, the more the, the problem these movies are having is they don't know what they want these movies to be, is what I'm thinking. Yeah. Like, this started off as a possession movie in part one. Fine. Mm-hmm. There's a demon. Katie's possessed. We can't move because the house isn't haunted. Katie, there's a, some, a, a demon wants to possess you for, wants to possess you and take you. Fine. Simple enough. Part two, it's no, it really wanted Christy, your sister. And it always did. So we moved it to Katie as like a U-turn, you know, no backseas, reverse card, uno to Toby. Fine. Part three, hey, this is how this all started with Christy again, being the one that the demon all cared about. And then part four is we somehow between two and four lost Hunter and now we have to get him back. But we found the Robbie to replace him, which you think the whole movie Robbie is Hunter until you find out he's not for no reason. And then he just disappears. After he does his job, he never comes back, which is so. And if the demon, all he wants, like the coven has kids that they give up so to give sons to the demon. That's one thing. Another one was, all right, they made a deal with the demon for fame and fortune. That's something else. But now the demon has his kid, right? He has Hunter. If that was the reason, if it was either reason A or reason B, why are they here? How, if the demon wanted Hunter, why did they lose Hunter? Why did, um, why is Robbie not good enough? Why does it have to be like, I, it's like, I'm, what are they doing? Like, where, like, there's nothing. Like, they, it would have been better, honestly, if this was an anthology series. You know what? Part one is Katie. Part two is this, this totally other person that's not related to Katie that's named Christy. Part three is these two little girls in the 80s because to show that this has been going on for a while. Part four is this family in Vegas or Nevada somewhere, Hamilton. So like, it would have been better if they didn't keep on trying to connect it and not knowing how to do it. Exactly, because the connecting it is what makes it the weakest. As we've said before, it's the stupid coven thing that every time when it comes in is not interesting. And if you have these rules, set rules for it, whatever they happen to be, and stick to these rules. Their problem mm-hmm. is they're making rules up and then in the next one, they're tossing it out and doing something different. Then they yeah. toss it out again and doing something else. And then they're tossing it out. They keep on tossing it out. I'm like, all right, now in this movie, these are the rules. Like, wait, what about the movies from the rules from last time? Forget those. These are rules now. I'm like, oh, okay. And then nothing's happening that this movie is basically about alex and um ben which is fine they're a cute little 15 year old couple the parents are pointless and this movie falls back into the trope of why is she carrying her laptop everywhere she goes still running around especially and you just found your boyfriend's dead body in your closet you're really gonna grab your laptop and run across the street with it i think she has the camcorder or it's her phone or something like that at that time but like even then it's when does she grab it no, because the only thing that's permanently recording is the laptop, right? I don't know. I'm trying to think of things that I liked about this other than the cat. <laughs> I like I like a couple more things than you, but it's not it's not going to be enough for me to give it a good score. I liked Alex, the actress. She did great. Yes, I like the scene in I the agree. garage. Uh-huh. I like I even like the relationship with Alex and Ben. Like I liked it. It was cute. It was just like. Uh-huh. 
It's a cute little thing. The things that I find scary in the last one that we watched, none of that happens here. And like Robbie is evil or creepy to a point where anybody would notice. And to make the mom willfully blind to it is, is, is frustrating more than anything else. Yeah, he's just, but he's just a really weird kid. And it's just, it's not sinister enough. I mean, like, it's not good some level of like, oh, it's gonna, it's gonna kill us. Like, it's just like, this kid's just really creepy and weird. And like, he's gonna be really into manga one day. <laughs> not in a good way. It's gonna be way too much. No. It's just like, for her, for the month, but nah, that's normal. I'm like, it's really not. Yeah. And like, how willfully ignorant these parents are and how stuck up their own asses they are with their, their own problem. Whatever's happening in their marriage. Which, if you're gonna bring that in, if you fine, bring it in as a reason, as a way for them not to be around as much at least get more into it than you did because they just you have to we have to piece it together more than the movie actually tells us and it's not even us piecing it together it's more us making our own little head can about it like all right like i'm right the dad has another family somewhere (laughs) because and the mom's drinking herself blind that's bit that was my (laughs) but like the one thing that i did actually really appreciate is as obnoxious as it is the knife scene where the mom's just like fine don't come up like in a relationship that is going to fucking shit that is so real to like not even listen you're like i've come here to apologize you're not immediately saying yeah it's all fine everything's good and like that's not your response to me right now you're trying to talk about something else fuck you i'm done even though when he's talking about this night just fell from the ceiling and i don't know where it came from i'm like yeah (laughs) but like this movie it's weird because for everything they do bad they get relationships right somehow yeah the one thing i gotta say besides katie being with a jerk but mika's a jerk so whatever part two the whole christy daniel relationship i like the even with the daughter the whole, it was like a nice family dynamic part three with like the stepdad and all that kind of stuff that was cool here even like the parents they're not their marriage is falling apart and then Shambi or, or has already fallen apart just keeping it together for the kids or whatever is mm-hmm. that was played off well and so was the teenage relationship with the kids like it, like they get that part of it right they should just make drama screw it or impelling make dramas because you're getting the relationships right the horror parts the part that they're failing on yeah and that's what really disappoints me here is that there were some decent like it wasn't like I was terrified of the last one or something like that but there were times that I'm like ooh that that's eerie that's a cool thing that they did there and this one I mean even the the connect ghost thing which is supposed to be one of their standout like oh this is creepy there's a thing following behind it I was just too distracted with why is the connect always on like the connect wouldn't always be on how did they hack the connect to always be recording like it's a bunch of stuff that you wouldn't that aren't things mm-hmm. so anyways I guess the moral of this story is to fix it we we want to scrap this movie entirely and pretend it didn't happen yeah because to fix it um to fix what we have is backstory that's it all right it starts off with how they got hunter fine he's adopted don't spring that up don't spring that up in the last 10 minutes hunter was adopted at five years old they've only had him a year so he would know his name is hunter he wouldn't know that his name was only white the little things like that the things that they hold for surprises don't make any sense show how he got lost show how he was found and then they're gonna and then maybe at this point screw it it's a coven katie with the coven that that's why they moved next door to this house because this is where the child of the demon is gonna be and why this is the kid that has to be for the demon you're just little it doesn't have to be a lot but i think they're really hamstrung and really just stuck because they're they can't really do setups and payoffs because this is found footage and then the question would be how did how was this footage found katie's not katie's business and not going to record anything. So you need some somebody that's outside of this to record them. This happening at this point because they keep on trying to tie it back to this family, to the Katie family. So now you're not going to be able to get all the planning and backstory, which is what's 
making the movie fail. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this one, really, I have no idea who would have shown them the footage because the only people who are aware of it, well, except that she does explain it to the parents a lot, but like, it's just the family and Ben. They're the only ones who know about this footage. No one else knows about it. So in the last one was there were videotapes that went missing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we watched the movie in the demons. In the demons but, room. So here it was a demons. I don't know. Media server at this point, because it was a quick time. As I said, Bejeweled is just... <laughs> <laughs> playing playing these movies for us. Yeah, it's um, a Plex server, and then he just put these videos on them, and that's what we're watching. <laughs> watching Bagul, no, Bejeweled's um, Black server. Uh, Bagul's cousin. He's not as well-versed as Bejeweled, but he tries hard, and he means well. <laughs> oh, Lord. Okay, well, what would you rate this movie, Jeff? Uh, I think I'm going to go with a three on this one. Because there were things I like, and it's really off the strength of the, of the actress. It, without her, boys would have been like a two or one or something. Yeah, she really does a lot to save this movie. I'm going to give it a four because I think it's better than the second one at the very least. I don't even know. There wasn't 45 minutes of a pool vacuum. But at least that one had a pool vacuum. This one, nothing happened. This one was um nothing. Like nothing at any point. A creepy kid walking around that was being creepy. Yeah, I don't know. I, I'm going to give it an extra point versus the second one. So that now brings us to 41% for this movie franchise. We have two, two more. Ghost Dimension and another one. And the marked ones. I think the marked ones is next. Fingers crossed that there's a pattern of like, eh? And then like, shitty. And then great. And then, eh? I remember the ads. I remember the ads for the next one. I don't. <laughs> it makes me want to say that it doesn't connect to these people as much, but then looking at the cast list, I think it is. So who knows? Who even knows anymore? Because I remember the ads were about like some family that some kid was marked to be killed by a ghost or a demon. So it might it'll probably be Hunter at 15 or whatever at this point. Oh, probably. But anyways. Yeah. So next week, we'll be watching The Marked Ones, is it? Paranormal Activity and The Marked Ones? Yes, Paranormal Activity, The Marked Ones is the next one. So we hope that you'll join us for that. Hopefully it's a better movie than this one. But in the meantime, give us your thoughts. Let us know what you liked about this movie, what you didn't like about this movie. Send us some fan art of Bejeweled. Do whatever you do. You can join us on the Facebook group at A Series of Horrors or on Instagram at the same name. Yes. Also, if you want to like reach out to us personally, I guess, or out to the pod personally, just send us a note. Tell us how good or how bad we're doing. Move suggestions, anything you'd like to let us know about. You could always email us at seriesofhorrors at gmail.com. Com. Also, I would like to please, 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 if you like what you're doing, if you like what you've been listening to and you're enjoying what we do, please tell a friend to tell a friend, tell a friend, you know, get the word out. Let people know what we're doing. And if you're enjoying it, hey, we want to see many people try to enjoy this and see how much fun we could have all together kind of thing. We've been, me and Jackie have been trying to plan things out for the future, see how, see what, see what we could do. Try to make this a little bit more fun for everybody. Yeah. You know, keep letting us know if you want us to cover Harry Potter. <laughs> Yes, please let us know. Let's hear the excitement in Jeff's yeah, voice. Please let us know if if um, you're going to subject me to eight Harry Potter movies. That's a pace I could do them on one a year. <laughs> but then you're going to forget what happened in the last movie by the time you get to Well, I'll have you to remind me, Jack. It'll, it'll work out. It'll be just fine. I'll have you in the it'll, be, it'll be great. It'll work out for But anyways, friends, we hope to see you next week. Yes, please join us next week. Um, marked ones. Hope you've been watching along with us. Hope you're enjoying it more than we are. But we'll be back next week with with that. And we'll see you then. Bye, guys. Bye.